0: Kathy Davidson, Doyle Davidson, and all of us here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas would like you to join us as we minister to you the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. If you will turn with me real quick to 1 Timothy 2. I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, and that includes women, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We are going to begin with prayer, and I'm going to begin with this. Father, I thank you that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We just performed the word of God. And I'm going to continue. Father, I thank you. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great and grant your people repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Every knee bows. Every knee bows. Every knee bows in Jesus' name. Every knee bows in Jesus' name. Every knee bows, yes, you, in Jesus' name. Every knee bows in Jesus' name. Things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee bows. Every knee bows. Every knee bows in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to begin with some praise and worship. Join in. Thank you for the My Girls. you will turn with me to John 3. I'm going to begin in verse 7. And this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And it begin. I'm going to begin in verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. He said, marvel not. You must be born again. The wind blow it where it listed, and now hear it the sound thereof. The canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? This is a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee. Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. In verse 14 is where I want to get to. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even so, Must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We're going to go look at Moses and the serpent that he lifted up in the wilderness, and we're going to see what Jesus said about this serpent. If you will turn with me to Numbers 21, and I'm going to begin in verse 4. These are the Hebrews, the children in the wilderness. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And look at this next phrase. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. That word discouraged means to be grieved, to be impatient, to be vexed. They were much discouraged because of the way. The first time God showed me this, I got nailed and had some repentance to do because I was grieved at the way that I was being led by God. So I understand what was going on here with the Hebrews. It says, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. For those of you that are young and don't know what the word loathe means, it means to hate. And our soul hateth this light bread, this manna that God was feeding them. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much of the people of Israel died. Much people died. Why? Because they were complaining about God and Moses of the way they were being led. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. I want you to see that the people understood that they're being discouraged. They're being grieved. Their being upset with God and Moses, they knew was sin. It said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Now look what the Lord did. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, that it come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. First thing I want you to notice, God didn't take the serpents away. Do you see that? The people sinned, but God and they asked God to remove the serpents. God did not remove the serpents. He didn't. What did he do? He told Moses to make a serpent, a brass serpent, and put it on a pole and put it up. That the people, he said, I'm going to read it. He said, um, and the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, a pole, that if it come to pass that everyone that is bitten When he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made the pole, made the serpent out of brass. And when the people beheld the serpent of brass, they lived. What were they looking at? What did they have to look at? They had to look at that serpent on a pole. What were they looking at? They were looking at their sin. What was the serpent doing there in the first place for? Because of their sin because of their murmuring, because of their not happy with God or Moses. So what did God make them do? Look at their sin. Look at your sin. If you behold it, if you keep your eyes on that serpent, that's your sin. You'll live. The bite won't go away. You'll live. The serpents won't go away. You'll live. Now, let's go back to John 3. going to go back to verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said he had to become, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, So must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's turn real quick to John 19. And I'm going to go to verse 16. We're going to see exactly where Jesus was lifted up. This is Jesus being crucified, verse 16. And they delivered he, him, that was Jesus. Therefore, unto them, the Roman soldiers to be crucified. And they took Jesus and they led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. And two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the midst crucified him. Put him on a tree. Up, up. And if you'll turn the page and go to verse 35... Or go down in your Bible. It said, This is the Roman soldier, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and knoweth what he saith true, that you might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him should be broken, not a bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. This was Jesus hanging on the cross at Golgotha where much of the people could see him up hanging. Now, let's go to Isaiah 53. I'm going to begin real quick in verse 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. This is Jesus. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Notice right here, they didn't want to look at him. It says, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But what did they have to do in the wilderness with the serpent. They had to behold him. Now what are we beholding? Verse 4, Surely he has borne our grief, and he has carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Consider this body on the tree for a moment. Consider the body. It was marred more than any man. Every bone dislocated. I've said it before. They always have the pictures of his hands stretched out. Cannot be. Your shoulders are out of joint. Your elbows are out of joint. You can't be that way. So he is marred more than any man. It says he hath no form. No form. Now I want you to behold that body. What was on that body that we beheld being crucified? It says it in verse 4 or verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. What are you looking at on that tree? What are you looking at when you look at that man being crucified? Your sin. You are beholding your sin on that man. Your sin. Your sin. Not everybody's sin in the whole world. That is true. But you're looking at your sin. Yours. Isn't that a glorious thing? Isn't that an absolutely glorious thing? And you notice the people were beholding the serpent while they were in the midst of the sin. They didn't get cleaned up and repent of their sin and then God put up the the brazen serpent. No. No. It was right in the middle of their sinning that they had to behold that serpent. Isn't that a glorious thing? You can be right in the middle of your sin. Look on that body. What is on that body? Your sin. Your sin. That thing you did, those things you said on that body. Keep your eyes on that body. Keep your eyes on that body. Now, what happened to that body with your sin? What happened to that body with your sin? Let's go to verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Well, now shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I want you to see that first part of that verse. It pleased the Lord. It made him happy that Jesus bore your sin and my sin. It made the Father happy to put him up, to lift him up with our sin on it. And it said, He shall see his seed shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul And he shall be satisfied. He shall be satisfied. The Father was satisfied with Jesus' sacrifice. And by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities, our iniquities, my iniquities, on that body. Therefore, therefore, that body died. Jesus died. He didn't fall asleep for three days. He didn't disappear into a a holding pattern for three days. He died. That was a dead body in the tomb. Thank God it was a dead body. Thank God he became dead. Died two deaths, a physical and a spiritual. That was a dead body in the tomb for us. And that spirit and soul of Jesus went to hell for us. That was us in hell he was paying for. Isn't that a glorious thing that was us in hell he was paying for? And the Father was satisfied with that sacrifice and raised him from the dead. And like it says in Acts 19, we have assurance. We have assurance. Let's go there. This is one of my favorite verses, when you have favorites. It's not there. I'm sorry. Let's see. Okay, but anyway, it says, we have assurance in that he raised Jesus from the dead. We have assurance that those sins are taken care of, that we have been justified, that we've been sanctified, that we've been set apart to the Father. Why? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. That is our assurance that the Father received that sacrifice. Now let's finish back in John 3. Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice, notice, whosoever believeth, that word believe, to have confidence in, to trust in, to hang on to, believeth in Him, trusteth in Him, keep your eyes, On him, just like the people did in the wilderness with the serpent. To keep your eyes on Jesus and on that gospel. To keep your eyes on him. And what happens when we keep our eyes on that sacrifice and not look at what's going on around us or in our hearts or in our souls? Jesus is preaching the gospel right here. Keep your eyes on the gospel that Jesus died for you, that he was buried for you, that he was raised again for you. You keep your eyes on that just like the people had to keep their eyes on the serpent. If they kept their eyes on the serpent, they didn't die. What happens when we keep our eyes on the gospel and not look at the circumstances? What happens? It says right here, verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, But have eternal life. Do you know eternal life isn't just after you're dead? Do you know you start entering eternal life the moment you're born again? The moment you're born again, your spirit becomes one with Jesus and your eternal life starts. What is eternal life? Jesus said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there prosperity in heaven? Well, then you got it on earth. Is there healing in heaven? Then you got it on earth. Is there forgiveness in heaven? You got it on earth. Eternal life starts the moment you are born again. And whatever you need, that is part of your eternal life. How do you get it? You keep your eyes. You keep your eyes on that gospel, on what Jesus did for you. And what that gospel brought you will come to pass. I have the world's best song for today. Paul is going to sing, Jesus paid it all. And I'm going to turn this over to Doyle.